0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates.
1: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24 7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Ambodi, Matthew Brunei, sitting in for Shay Dixon on this edition. And look, let's just jump right in. This past weekend, the Louisiana coast was hit with one of the worst hurricanes that in the history and so first of all i wanted to extend our thoughts prayers good vibes to everybody that are dealing with hurricane damage injuries maybe even death uh off of this horrific storm uh that battered the louisiana coast and you know some of the areas that you know i've been to and you know even if you don't live you live there you can um just empathize with what everybody's going through right now, but we wanted to go ahead and record this podcast to give you guys maybe a little bit of a getaway. Um, if you've got power, if you've got sales service to listen to us, uh, hopefully this podcast gives you a little bit of a getaway because it is game week for LSU. And um, Matt, I know you were you're in Huntsville right now with your brother, Huntsville, Texas, for, for <laughs> to, to clarify. Yeah. Um, but you know this is uh, something that you know the, the storm and the cleanup and and everything everybody's going to, through takes precedence over football, but sometimes we can use this, um, as a, as a vehicle to maybe take people's minds off of it, uh, during times like this.
0: Yeah. Co- Coach O kind of said, you know, a similar thing, um, um, in his, um, radio show or what, the show he did earlier today. Um, and yeah, we're just, you know, anybody who, like you said, has power, has cell service, you know, or maybe evacuated and maybe will be driving back when they listen to this or something like that, um, just to give them something to listen to and, you know, start looking ahead at this UCLA game because, you know, this LSU team um, should be a lot of fun this year. So, you know, give give people something to look forward to. Yep.
1: And, you know, even back when I moved down to Louisiana in 2016, the, the flood hit Baton Rouge very hard and the team really uh, took it upon itself to, to do its best and to play through it and and give LSU fans in Louisiana something to watch and something to you know take their minds off of uh, what's going on uh, in the entire Louisiana you know region really however big small uh, the impact was of Ida for you uh, so we hope to do the same with our with our podcast our writing our team coverage all of that on go247.com and uh, look uh, LSU is in Houston right now. They evacuated uh, the administration, banded together very quickly, working with the Houston Texans for LSU to use NRG Stadium, a very familiar spot for LSU, having played in some games there as of late. And uh the team, you know, from what Ed Ogeron said on off the bench Tuesday morning, you know, has been great. It's been locked in. Uh obviously everybody is, especially the players from Louisiana and the staff, you know, dealing with whether it be family impacted or friends or what have you, but uh, the team is, is doing its best to focus on UCLA. And uh, that's what we're gonna do right now. So they wrapped up, you know, Tell the Truth Monday, uh, did that, had competition Tuesday, uh, probably as you're listening to this already wrapped up and then it'll get into uh, the rest of its game week prep before the Tigers fly out to UCLA uh, and Los Angeles on Thursday after practice. And then they'll have a walkthrough on Friday in the Rose Bowl, and then they'll strap it up and play UCLA Saturday night. uh, For those watching back in Louisiana and on the Eastern Time Zone, uh, Saturday afternoon out in Los Angeles and play a UCLA team coming off of a dominating win over Hawaii. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, But first, uh, most pressing uh, in terms of the team updates are Ed Ogeron did say that Derek Stingley Jr. and Eli Ricks are back practicing both look fine. Derek Singley was right back in the mix of things. And that's a good thing for this LSU secondary because they need those two guys to step up and play in a big way, Matt.
0: Yeah, those, those two have been on and off and in in fall camp. You know, they've been practicing here, uh, missing practice here and there. I was looking forward to them obviously being 100% and being out there. Uh, so that was a good update. Um, you know it was interesting i w- i didn't know if he was going to specifically name them as being like there but you know with the situation that they're in they need those two to be very very good if not great and ucla albeit the past game wasn't wasn't a super big strength last uh last week uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more but still that could be an area where LSU can jump on them in the secondary. They can really force turnovers. So it was good to hear Stingley and Ricks
1: uh, are back and I hope probably at 100%. And and look, we dropped a tidbit on the Go 24-7 message boards on one of the freshman running backs being nicked up right now. So check that out if you're a VIP subscriber. But what we can tell you is it does seem like Ty Davis-Price and John Emery are going to be at least good to go for UCLA. We'll kind of monitor that. It's been touch and go with them through fall camp. And then you know, for LSU, it's the usual injuries that we're uh, monitoring, and we kind of know about. Miles Brennan out, Glenn Logan out, Dwight McGlothered probably not going to play from what we've heard, uh, and then uh, Josh White, a freshman or a, a redshirt freshman linebacker, uh, is uh, you know hurt as well. So those guys appear to be the ones sitting out right now. We're monitoring Garrett Dellinger, uh, a true freshman offensive lineman who's coming back from a shoulder injury, but Anthony Bradford, On Hines were back. Uh, from what the guy said last week. So LSU looking to be in a good spot. Uh, Ed Ogeron basically said, you know, they won't have the whole team, which we kind of already knew. Uh, but for the most part, they're ready to go uh, for UCLA, which is a big deal uh, for LSU as they take on a team that's already got a game under its belt. And Matt, you did a watch along on that game for go Twenty Four Seven subscribers. Um, g- give me your biggest takeaway. Because for me, it was the tale of two halves with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He had a kind of touch and go first half, passing the ball, uh, just 50% really wasn't that good. Um, and in the second half, he was able to kind of put, put it together a little bit better. Um, but what was your big takeaway looking at the Bruins?
0: Yeah. So DTR was, was one of them. And like you said, he was struggled in the first half. He missed on a touch, couple touchdown passes. Uh, second half, he put it together a little bit better. Uh, my big thing was defensively for UCLA, how they kind of showed pressure and how they brought pressure on Hawaii. Now Hawaii looked completely inept. They did not pick up blitzes very well at all. They didn't, You know, they they were lost on their assignments a lot of times. A lot of times uh, Hawaii or UCLA showed five or six and only brought four. And we're getting there unblocked like it was just a real mess from Hawaii. So it was good that I think UCLA LSU was able to see that from UCLA um, because I expect UCLA to be an aggressive defense from everything I've heard on their. you know, whether it's a Bruin Report podcast for 24 seven or just uh, from what I've been reading. UCLA's defense line is, is good, but it's not like, you know, this grand defensive line that's going to, you know, only have to bring four and can get there. They're going to manufacture some pressure and that's exactly what they did against Hawaii and Hawaii just completely was unable to defend that. So how is UCLA going to get pressure on Max Johnson? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. And they showed a little bit of that in Hawaii and I expect them to continue to try to bring pressure because, um, I don't think their defense line is good enough straight up to just, you know, beat a five man protection or even six man protection if, if, LSU does that. So, uh, the defensive pressure and aggressiveness that the Bruins played with was really something that stood out to me. And that's uh, across the board, really, secondary linebackers, defensive line, all of them played very aggressive. They rallied to the ball well, and uh, to make Hawaii very uncomfortable. So that that's probably my biggest takeaway from the game.
1: Yeah, and and look, Ed Ogeron mentioned the the big men up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, UCLA had a very good run game with Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer, leading the way. Um, had a hundred yard performance, three touchdowns, uh, and and Briten uh, Brown. Uh, had a good day as well, averaging six yards of carry, and he added a score. So the, the Bruins did show that ability to run the ball. We'll see how they fare against this really, really highly touted defensive line of LSU, which has looked good in fall camp. Uh, they've got depth. They've got talent. They're relatively injury-free outside of Glenn Logan. Uh, so they're going to be probably an X factor there. If they can shut down the run and make uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson beat them with his arm, that's probably going to be trouble for UCLA in all likelihood. Uh, LSU uh, will get that extra day out there to adjust to the time zone. Um, and But let's be real. I mean, yeah. if you're LSU, you should be able to take care of business in this game and, and really um, dictate the terms of the game, even on the road, even after the week you've had. Uh, there's a lot of talent at LSU, uh, which we know the college team talent composite on 24-7 sports came out on Tuesday. That was updated, and LSU's a top-five team in that regard. So it's about taking care of business. And I'll say this about Ed Ogeron's teams. where they, When they've been backed up against the wall or things aren't going well or they've had to deal with adversity, look, outside of 2020, save the last two games, they've been able to do that. And, and those last two games were an example of how they can turn the wagons around and circle them and, and get them in the right direction. And I think they're going to be able to do that this weekend against UCLA. And we'll get into UCLA more um, later on this week with our preview podcast which you can check out, Uh, but um, we did want to kind of share our initial takeaways. we were hoping to talk to players. We'll see how that goes. Um, Obviously, it's a tough week for everybody. Obviously, their uh, operations are in Houston right now. Uh, Right now, we don't have any word just yet, at at least before we jumped on this podcast, of when uh, we might be able to hear from those guys um, and and get their impressions of the Bruins and what they've been doing and how they've been preparing. But uh, we'll hope to do that, and, and then we'll come at you with a full preview podcast and now Matt let's kind of wrap up a little bit uh in terms of our kind of preseason look at the team some predictions maybe um you picked the tigers to go 9 and 3 i picked them to go 10 and 2 same as Sunny <laughs> is- and shea uh which look i mean there's the, i've said this a lot it's a boomer bust team for me i think they can get to 10 wins there's a there's a good path for it we'll see how they respond um after the hurricane and and obviously opening up against UCLA on the road that'll Kind of set the tone, I think, for the season. Um, but let's look at some of the key questions going into this season. Uh, and you did a—you sent us some questions, and uh, Shay's going to share his. He was dealing with hurricane stuff, um, but but we chimed in uh, and we picked out a few of them in terms of uh, what we want, uh, what what we wanted to answer, and and go from there on the podcast. And let's lead off with the run game, and it, it's a good time to do that because if Ty Davis Price and John Emery, uh, John Emery are healthy. This is a run game that Ed O'Gron is looking for someone to step up, and we haven't been able to see it too much in fall camp just because Ty Davis Price and John Emery have been nicked up. Um, this is a this is a group that can really help out Max Johnson if they're healthy, if the offense line gets that push. But the question is, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you believe in the run game entering this year? And right now, I'm going to have to give it a four. It wasn't really good in 2020. The offensive line wasn't in shape to start, and that kind of set the tone for the season in the run game. Josh Williams, you know, showed his stuff against Ole Miss, which is good. He could be somebody they rely on this year. Yep. Uh, Cam Wire is is going to get his first—not uh, first start, but um, be the starter at left tackle for the first time. And then they've got the same four across the board uh, in Ed Ingram, Liam Shanahan, on Hines, and Austin Deculus. If they're healthy, they could obviously go up in terms of uh, the, the way they're able to be productive and do all those things. But, you know, I'm with you on this one. I'm, I'm starting at a four. Yeah, that that's where I'm at.
0: And I was, I, initially I was at a five. And so I know it's not a big jump, but, or a big drop, but I was at a five. And then I just started thinking last year was so painful in the run game. It was so, uh such a struggle for them. And then there were times where they just didn't run the ball. Right. So then there were like whole stretches where it's like, okay, are they ever going to run the ball again? And so then I started thinking about that. And so you have the same running backs, you have the same offensive line, pretty much. The difference is the play caller, right? Your difference is the offensive coordinator. Um, And I guess if you want to count Max Johnson as a difference as well in that category, you can, but I was looking forward to, in this fall, really hearing something about how the run game specifically has improved or, Uh, what they're doing to free up their own game. And it feels like all we've gotten this fall camp has just been, well, we're waiting on Ty Davis price and John Emery, you know, to really break out or we're waiting on them to be healthy hundred percent or, you know, but, but we have these really good freshmen over here that are, you know, Goodwin and and Kiner who are doing great things. Um, And now, you know, their, their status is a little in the air going into this game. So it's just like, what am I hanging my hat on right now from this run game? Am I just hanging my hat on Pete's and the play calling being better? That will help. And I think the situational and the continuity of this team is better than last year. So yes, I do think it will be better, you know, but last year, if I rated last year's run game on a scale of one to 10, it's probably like a two, you know, so it's, it's going to take a lot of work to get up to the level where I think they can be, but it's just, at this moment going into this game i can't put them above like a four or five because there's just too many question marks here uh they need to prove it this is probably the one area of this team that has the biggest question mark i would say because even like max johnson we saw him you know a good amount of games last year the run game is probably something where i'm like okay i really 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 need to see this before i can start to say like all right it's gonna work because we didn't even hear about it in fall camp so I I can't, I can't go too much higher than
1: a four there. Yeah. And now on the flip side, uh, Sonny, not here to defend his prediction, but he put it at a nine uh, expecting a complete one hundred and eighty. And I do think there's some credence to, you know, Jake Pete's coming from the Joe Brady tree, Uh, their run scheme, if they can get Max Johnson involved in running the football, which they might be a little weary of doing just because uh, he's the lone scholarship quarterback with experience. Garrett Nussmeyer is the only one behind him that could help the run game. And, of course, just the creativity that we're at least expecting to see from this offense uh, as Jake Peets takes over the play calling. And as we move kind of on to one of the next questions uh, is really um, you look at the breakout star on defense. And it's kind of funny because when I made this pick, it was before I watched College Game Day on Saturday. And Desmond Howard picked the same player as one of his breakout players, one of his players to know in 2021. And I went with Jay Ward, the safety for LSU, and it's a pretty easy pick for me. You know, we've heard buzz about him since the spring. Uh, Some have even touted he's got some pro potential at the position. And if LSU is going to be uh, a a much better defense, I think they're going to improve no matter what. But a much better defense, getting solid play out of at least one of those safeties, namely Jay Ward, uh, that'll be big. And we've heard so much about him. I think he breaks out and makes a name for himself. He had a good end of the season. Ed Ogeron said he was playing like an All-American. Uh, so, you know, he's been on the up. Uh, and so he was a pretty easy pick for me as far as breakout star on the defense. Yeah, I actually re- I really like that pick when when I saw
0: it. Because um, I was just going through this defense. and I'm like, all right, it was a defense that was not good last year. So there's a lot of candidates to be significantly better here. I like Sonny's pick of Neil Farrell Jr. I think he could really turn into like an elite, elite um, D tackle. Uh, I like that pick. And then I started looking at the linebackers because I think the linebacking unit is where this team can really take, I think in some ways, it will kind of determine how just how good this defense is because we know what we got at the, at the defensive line. We know what we're going to see at, uh, defensive back for the most part. The the linebackers are what I'm going to be watching for a lot. And I think Damone Clark has had a lot of talk about him throughout fall. I think he's a veteran. He's going to know his role. He's going to excel in his role. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, Patrick queen or anything like that, but I think he can step up into that role and play very, very well with Micah Baskerville there. He'll, he'll be good as well. Uh, Mike Jones, I think will figure it out and do very well. In his own right, but I think Damone Clark is my guy from that linebacking group to really break out and lead lead the pack. He's a lot of players I've talked about how great of a leader he is, how vocal he is, how you know just how good he's been in fall camp. And so I'm gonna roll with him, and I think that that'll be a big big boost if Damone Clark can
1: uh, step up and be a really good linebacker this year. And I think with the linebackers they brought in or this new defense under Durante Jones for him to hold them off because Damone Clark was overtaken by Micah Baskerville. um, But he got a lot of work in the spring with Micah Baskerville out. Um, He was able to kind of get his feet wet in the defense and then for him to hold off Mike Jones Jr. For him to hold off Bug Strong, who both are still coming along. They're going to play a lot. So is Jared Small. Uh, But I think it says a lot that he's probably going to end up being your starter here uh, alongside Micah Baskerville. And uh, quickly, I do want to, kind of put us both on the spot here because I want to give the offense a little bit of love. It wasn't one of our burning questions as far as who's going to break out, but uh, go with your gut here. Uh, if you had to pick an offensive breakout player, who is it?
0: Oh, man. So you put us on the spot and then you made me answer the question first. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I, I like that. Okay. Um, I'm going to, no, I can't do that. Uh, I'm The first name that popped in my head that I think I'm just going to roll with is Jack Besh and that is going to probably be wrong, but Jack Besh, I just think that he can be utilized in this offense in some ways that will make him unique. And I, I can see him. I'm not going to say he's going to have a an incredible year, but I think for, you know, a guy, a young player like that, I think he can get some, uh, get some playing time and make, make some impactful plays throughout the season. So I'm gonna go Jack Besh. Um, yeah, I, I that that was a good question off off, off of the uh, to put us on the spot there.
1: Well, I get to get to put you on the spot. You know, it, it works out being able to drive the bus. Sometimes you can put me on the spot. You know, when you're when you're driving the bus, and yeah, there you go. You're going to make a lot of people happy with that Jack Besh pick. I'm going to go with a veteran, and we've heard enough about Dre Jenkins uh, stepping up as a leader. He's going to start from what we've heard, and I think with all the talent at the wide receiver position from the freshman class. Um, We've heard about, you know, John Trey Kirkland having a big spring. They've had some guys in and out at times, but Dre Jenkins just seems to be pretty steady. And sometimes these quiet guys going into the season are the ones that break out. And I'm going to go with Dre Jenkins stepping up alongside Kayshawn Butte to be that clear number two. And then they'll find their number three as the season goes along, find their number four, and go from there. And it could be Jack Bash. I I think I agree with you in terms of his versatility. He can kind of line up. know in the box a little bit he can be split out he can be used to create some matchups so i think they will get him on the field in some capacity and we'll probably see you know in terms of it being the first game we might see that a little bit later like when they get into some of these other non-conference games and see what he does when he gets his opportunities but i'm going to go with veteran dre jenkins to step up for this offense uh, and and break out a little bit more uh, and be somebody like a russell gage uh, who comes on late in his career and steps up for LSU? So uh, a good uh, out of left field question uh, to uh, kind of get our yeah. wheels turning a little bit. And uh, Matt, I can tell you, you're going to make a lot of people happy with that Jack Best pick.
0: Good. I, I need to make people happy after my predictions. I need to I
1: need <laughs> to get back on their good side. <laughs> now, well, nine and three isn't bad. You just the Auburn pick. It's been since the '90s since LSU has lost to Auburn. At L- I love it. The, that's that's and I'm a I'm a kind of prove it to me now. Uh, type type of person you know auburn's gonna have to prove they can win in tiger stadium before i pick against uh the the auburn tigers uh against the lsu tigers in death valley there you go i am i i i should have known i went into this thinking like all right no
0: way i'm gonna be the only one that has them at nine wins and then all of y'all picked them at 10 i was like damn it somebody come (laughs)
1: come with me here yeah, it, it's uh, you, you make them a little bit happier. I think of the preseason predictions. I'll say this: uh, when they won in, in 2019, uh, I think Shay and I both picked uh, them to beat Alabama in the preseason. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I might have to run that back, or maybe Sunny. It was some combo of us. I think it was like a two out of three that that picked LSU to win uh, in Brian Denny in, in that 2019 game, which is still probably, I mean, my favorite. Yeah. In-person game I've ever covered. Uh, the, the overtime one in Texas A&M was probably the most interesting one I've ever covered. But the the LSU Alabama game in 2019 was uh, quite the scene, and LSU does go back there this year too um, yeah. as well. So we'll see if they can. Uh, the, that's uh, why I mean y'all y'all are the veterans here, so that's, that's y'all get it right. <laughs> oh no! Well, look, I mean when I, my first year covering LSU, the flood of Baton Rouge hit in 2016, and mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, uh, you got Hurricane Ida. So um, wow. You know things will only go up from here, and uh, but we'll wrap up uh, this edition of the podcast with just that. You know, again, uh, come to go twenty four seven if you want to chat on the board, and uh, if you want to bounce things off of some of the other members. You know, hurricane cleanup uh, supplies, uh, GoFundmes. You know, come over and you know use the community uh, to uh, to to maybe get some answers or to get uh, away from uh, you know the the hardships of life going on right now with this hurricane uh, impacting Louisiana and. Like we said earlier, our thoughts, prayers uh, and a- everything is just all with uh, the people of Louisiana right now dealing with another uh, hurricane that has hit, hit the region and hit it, hit it very, very hard. So um, we'll be back later in this week for a longer edition of the Go 24-7 podcast, a full preview of LSU taking on UCLA on Saturday on Fox. We'll be with you guys um, as best we can. You know, we're, we're Shay and Sonny are going to get power back eventually and uh, we'll be at full Full capacity, but like I said earlier, you know, football definitely takes um, second place to, to what's going on right now in Louisiana. So, but we're going to be here to uh, bring you guys the best coverage we can, and uh, maybe a little bit of a getaway from it all. So, for Matt Bruni, I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to this edition of Go Twenty Four Seven podcast. Leave us a follow, leave us a rating, leave us a review wherever you catch your podcast at, and we'll catch you guys later in the week as LSU uh, moves forward with its preparations for UCLA. Um, from Houston before heading out to Los Angeles. We'll catch you later this week. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better